right, everyone. Welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast. My name is James. I'm your host. And today is episode 41. So 41 fantastic episodes. Like I mentioned last week, I fixed the air that was causing only 10 episodes, 10 of the most recent episodes to display. So make sure you go back and check out some of the older episodes. Uh, We've got Bassett's Ice Cream, Shimp's Confectionery, and a number of others, Lou Malnati, Sobrino de Botin, a lot of great companies, a lot of great restaurants, a lot of great history. So if you love to learn about food history, make sure you check out those other episodes. They should all be enabled and should all be showing now. So make sure you check those out. And as always, if you like what you hear, make sure you leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcast that's really going to help other people find the show. So with that out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. Now, today's episode is inspired by my wife, and she is mildly obsessed with peanut butter. So I started to think, what is the actual history of peanut butter. And I thought it was going to be a fairly simple, small uh, project to research that. And it was actually something that was quite in-depth. And I went down a few rabbit holes here. So I dug up some great information all about the history of peanut butter. And that is what we're going to be talking about today. So the history of peanut butter is actually quite fascinating. And I found many great facts that quickly let me know that peanut butter is kind of a big deal. Uh, Peanut butter got its start in the late 1890s. A physician in St. Louis had the brilliant idea to market peanut butter for people with bad teeth, and he called it peanut, peanut paste. And just like that, peanut butter was born Now, I guess the logical place to start with the history of peanut butter is with the history of the peanut, the humble peanut. The peanut plant probably originated in Brazil or Peru. There's no solid evidence for this. However, archaeologists have found pottery in the shape of peanuts and pottery decorated with peanuts from these areas that date back 3,500 years, so quite old. Similar to popcorn, last week's episode. Uh, All starts in Central and South America and then spreads outward. Now, the Incas in Peru used peanuts as sacrificial offerings to their gods. And they also buried them with their mummies to help them in the afterlife. Peanuts continue to spread throughout Central and South America. And when Europeans first found peanuts in Brazil, it wasn't long before they started bringing them back to Spain. And from Spain, they spread to Asia, from Asia to Africa, and then Africa back to North America. You know, like everything else, the Spanish took all of these great ideas back to Spain and then spread them throughout the world. And Africans brought the peanuts to North America in the 1700s. So to that point, they were only making it as far north as Mexico and then... Uh, the Africans brought them back, to, uh, brought them to North America. In the 1800s, peanuts became a commercial crop in the United States. They were mainly grown in Virginia and used for their oil. 
Now, from a crop perspective, they were hard to grow and hard to harvest. Peanuts became food for the poor and for livestock. Peanut farmers continued to persevere, and slowly but surely, things started to pick up. During the Civil War, soldiers from both sides relied on peanuts as a good source of protein. And after the war, Union soldiers took this snack that they loved back north with them, and this further increased their popularity. In the late 1800s, peanuts became synonymous with the circus. P.T. Barnum's circus wagons would make their way all across the country, and during shows, vendors would yell, hot peanuts, hot peanuts, and pass around the bags of roasted peanuts. And of course, this became a major thing at baseball games as well. Now, during this time, peanuts were still picked by hand, and that caused stems and trash to find their way into the peanuts, and that led to overall lower quality. In the early 1900s, new machines were introduced that helped harvest the peanuts, and that was the game changer. So that covers peanuts. That's just about everything you need to know about the history of peanuts. But what about peanut butter? Where did peanut butter come from? Now, George Washington Carver is often credited with inventing peanut butter. However, this is false. And in the next few episodes, I'm going to do some digging. I'm going to do a whole episode one day on George Washington Carver and his contributions to agriculture. Brilliant scientist, brilliant with agriculture, and uh, really made a major impact with the peanut. However, the peanut butter legend likely comes from his final agricultural bulletin. He wrote several bulletins uh, on agriculture. This final one, released in 1916, was titled How to Grow the Peanut and 105 Ways of Preparing It for Human Consumption. Now, I mentioned the Incas. There's actually evidence that shows they were the first to grind peanuts into a paste, making peanut butter. In the modern world, Mar- Marcellus Gilmore Edson and he was in Quebec, he received a patent for a method of making peanut butter using roasted peanuts using heated surfaces in 1884. And uh, and in his time, his area, he called it peanut paste. John Harvey Kellogg, the cereal creator, the one and only, he patented his own process for creating peanut butter, And his process, he used boiled peanuts instead of roasted peanuts. And again, marketed for people who couldn't choose solid food. And it actually became a food for rich people because it initially served, it was initially served in expensive health institutes. Shortly after peanut butter began gaining traction, they invented machines to grind the peanut butter. Now, chemist Joseph Roseville discovered he could keep peanut butter from separating. You buy that fancy peanut butter in the jar that you actually have to stir, and you find after a few days it starts to separate. So, common problem with peanut butter, and he decided to mix in partially hydrogenated oil to the product. That semi-solid oil would keep the peanut butter blended. And he licensed his invention to the company that began making Peter Pan peanut butter. So where are we today? Today you have two main types of peanut butter. You have creamy and you have chunky. Manufacturers have a variety of flavors and styles. And the peanut butter will range from super processed with hydrogenated oils to a pure ground peanut. 
The U.S. food regulations require any product labeled peanut butter uh, must contain at least 90% peanuts, and the remaining 10% usually consists of salt, fat, and sweeteners. So I mentioned Peter Pan when I started digging into the different brands, right? We have some major brands in the country that we all know and love, and I thought Peter Pan was the oldest, and I was actually corrected. Um, So Rosefield, like I said, uh, Joseph Rosefield, he licensed his, his discovery to Peter Pan so that they could make peanut butter that didn't separate. So I'm going to go through some of these in no particular order. Um, so you have Peter Pan, uh, you have Crema, Crema, not sure how you say it, K-R-E-M-A, Crema. Uh, they are actually the oldest peanut butter brand, followed by Adam's Peanut Butter, then Peter Pan, then Skippy, then Jif. So I'm going to go through these and give a brief history on all of those. Skippy peanut butter was first sold in 1932. And uh, it was a new formula peanut butter that was less sticky and longer lasting than other brands at the time. And went to market, they began selling it under the name Skippy. And at the time, Skippy was a popular comic and radio serial. It was also made into a movie. And there was a small legal battle regarding the use of the name without permission. In the end, they won out and eventually gained rights to the trademark. Skippy is currently manufactured by Hormel, and they acquired the brand uh, from Unilever in 2013. Surprisingly, it's the best-selling brand of peanut butter in China, and it's second best-selling worldwide. Jif is number one. Skippy is produced in Little Rock, Arkansas, and the Shandong province in China. Jif was born in 1955. Procter & Gamble purchased Big Top Peanut Butter from William T. Young. They reformulated and rebranded to compete directly with Peter Pan and Skippy. They used other oils in their hydrogenation process and added sugar, making the recipe sweeter. They'd add sugar and molasses, and they also had creamy and crunchy. Uh, Jif launched in 1958. Creamy and crunchy Jif launched in 1958, sorry. When Jif launched, they distributed the product for free and a heavily publicized house-to-house distribution, and the Jif mascot, Jifaroo, led the charge. He was a blue kangaroo. Their early slogan was, Jif is never dry, a touch of honey tells you why. And in recent years, they settled on the famous slogan, Choosy Moms Choose Jif. All Jif varieties of peanut butter are produced in a massive facility in Lexington, Kentucky, and it's the largest peanut butter production facility in the world. Now, Peter Pan. Peter Pan has... Uh, they began in production in 1920, so 100 years ago. Happy birthday, Peter Pan. And it was originally launched under the name of E.K. Pond. It was renamed to Peter Pan in 1928. The peanut butter was originally packed in a tin can with a closable lid, and during World War II, they switched to glass jars because of metal shortages. 
The actual logo on the jar has had many different looks over the years. In early versions of the peanut butter, the Peter Pan character was clearly a woman in a Peter Pan costume. And that fit with the tradition at the time where an actress would usually play the role of Peter Pan in different productions of the show. 2007 was a big year for Peter Pan, peanut butter. They announced that they were going to be using the classic 1953's version of the Disney Peter Pan character as their logo. And they also had a part in the peanut butter recall of 2007. They were linked to 425 cases of salmonella in the country. And they had to recall a bunch of their product. So now I'm going to move on to Adam's peanut butter. Adam's peanut butter was founded in 1916 by Rex F. Adams. Adams was a football coach in the Tacoma, Washington area. In 1919, the company added old-fashioned peanut butter to its line of products. Their slogan as a company was, the freshest thing in town. And it really was. Their story is incredible. Local residents remember being able to go to the grocery store on days they were running specials and buying hot Adams peanut butter. It was still hot from the manufacturing process. They would rush the finished product to the store on those days to deliver it still warm from the processing eagerly uh, consumed by the residents in the town. In 1965, Cecil and Inga Nielsen purchased the company and ran it under the name of Adams Food, Inc. They upgraded their processing equipment and moved to a new factory in Tacoma, and this was all done in an effort to become profitable. In 1998, the company was acquired by the J.M. Smucker Company. And crema, or crema, I'm going to say crema, peanut butter and if you're out there and you know how to properly say that please correct me in the comments uh that's gonna be awesome to hear from you on that so crema peanut butter last but not least crema peanut butter now this is one that i had never heard of i was thinking like i mentioned that peter pan was the oldest peanut butter company uh however adams is older than uh, than Peter Pan, and Crema is older than Adams. Crema started in 1898, and they are America's oldest peanut butter brand. They're still in operation today. On their website, they say they have been satisfying the discriminating tastes of nut lovers for over 100 years. Our commitment to old-fashioned values keeps them coming back for more. They offer what they call a completely natural product, they don't add any salt, sugar, or preservatives. The only ingredient in their peanut butter is peanuts. And I did reach out to them to see if we can get them on a future show to do an interview. In the meantime, I'm intrigued by what they offer. And as a special surprise for my wife, ordered two jars, one crunchy, one smooth. And I'm going to update in a future episode what I think about it and how it stacks up against some of the bigger brands we discussed today. Uh, one thing that they say sets themselves apart is they actually have uh, an employee that's tasked with roasting the peanuts by hand. He uh, keeps an eye on them. It's not a mechanized process like it is for some of the larger manufacturers. And so that touch is what they say makes all the difference when it comes to good peanut butter. Um, now, the process for making peanut butter, a um, little interesting 
I'm going to go into that. So first you have planting and harvesting. Planting takes place in the spring. The peanut comes from a yellow flower which bends over and digs into the soil after blooming and wilting. The peanut then starts to grow in the soil. They're harvested from late August to October. They wait for clear and dry weather so that the soil doesn't stick to the picked product. Peanuts are then removed from the vines and taken to a shelling machine. Shelling is a careful process to prevent the seeds from being damaged. The moisture content of the shell is important to make sure that dust is kept to a minimum at the plant. The seeds then pass through a series of rollers where they are cracked and inspected. Peanuts are then dry roasted in a big batch in a revolving oven at 800 degrees Fahrenheit, which is insanely hot for a small little peanut. Smaller manufacturers will use that method. Larger manufacturers use a hot air roaster where large batches are passed through hot air and rock gently for even roasting. They use a photometer to measure the doneness. Large manufacturers love that process because it is super accurate and it reduces spoilage. Peanuts are then moved to a cooling unit. They're placed directly in a blower cooler cylinder and large quantities of cool air are pumped and sucked through the cylinder. The cooling process is considered complete when the cylinder reaches 86 degrees Fahrenheit inside. Peanuts are then blanched to remove their skins. You know, that little papery skin that's on there when you crack a peanut. There are two main methods for blanching. You have heat blanching and water blanching. With heat blanching, the peanuts will be heated to 280 degrees and then are hit with steam to soften and split those skins. Water blanching is a newer method that came about in 1949. In this method, the peanuts are placed in a trough and blades slice the skins and then they're run through a one minute hot water bath on a swinging pad with canvas on top. And that swing motion knocks those skins loose and off of the peanuts. The peanuts are then dried for six hours in hot air. The peanuts will then go through a grinder. They go through a, a, a two grind process. First, they pass through a medium grind. Second, they pass through a fine grind. After the fine grind, if they're doing crunchy peanut butter, uh, chunks of peanut are tossed in. That's also when they're going to mix in salt, sugar, fat, and other ingredients they're adding. That's when they get added to the mix. They're finally, the product is cooled once more and then vacuum packed into jars for purchase. So that wraps up the history of peanut butter, some of the different brands, uh, how long they've been in operation, the history of the peanut. I'm going to end with some fun peanut butter facts. China and India are the largest growers of peanuts. America is third. Georgia and Texas are the major peanut producers in the country. More than half of the American peanut crop is turned into peanut butter. Now, under high pressure, peanut butter can actually be turned into diamonds. A team of researchers in Germany were trying to understand the materials that make up the Earth's core. So as a process, they're putting a variety of materials under pressure, and as part of a publicity stunt, they pressed peanut butter and ended up with a small diamond. It was destroyed afterwards due to a massive hydrogen release from the process. Now, every year, Americans eat enough peanut butter to coat the floor of the Grand Canyon. 
That's a lot of peanut butter. There's a jar of peanut butter in 75% of American homes. 1.3% of the U.S. population is allergic to peanuts. And this is one that I thought was hilarious. Europeans eat, on average, one tablespoon of peanut butter a year. Americans eat, on average, three pounds of peanut butter a year. Now, I wanted to get an idea, put those in units that were similar so that we could have a better comparison. So that is 0.5 ounces for Europeans in a year and 48 ounces of peanut butter on average for Americans. So 48 ounces compared to a half ounce. That's incredible. Peanut butter and jelly made its first written appearance in 1901. It was called peanut paste, and it was a recipe for a simple sandwich to add variety. And of course, peanuts aren't actually nuts. They're legumes. They're an edible seed inside of a pod. So similar to green beans and peas, things like that. Alan Shepard took peanut butter with him to the moon in 1971. Apparently, it was a a good luck charm. Two former presidents were actually once peanut farmers. Jimmy Carter and Thomas Jefferson both farmed peanuts. An average 12-ounce jar of peanut butter contains 540 to 550 peanuts. All right, so this is is one that I'm going to completely butcher. Arachibuterophobia. Arachibuterophobia is the fear of getting peanut butter stuck to the roof of your mouth. So, archibutyrophobia. It's a hard one to say. I've been practicing and I still butchered it. Um, But I guess that's a, a real thing. I hate getting peanut butter stuck to the roof of my mouth, but I do not fear it. Women and children like smooth peanut butter the best. And, of course, men like chunky peanut butter the best. The average child would eat 1,500 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches before graduating from high school. Americans consume 700 million pounds of peanut butter each year. And that means we spend $800 million on peanut butter every year. Peanut butter was originally created, again, like I mentioned earlier, for people without teeth. And there are enough peanuts in one acre on a peanut farm to make 35,000 peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. The average peanut farm is 200 acres. So a lot of interesting facts about peanut butter and peanuts there. Uh, Americans absolutely love the stuff. We try and put it in everything. And uh, from desserts to chocolates to (laughs) pies to cereals to you name it, we got it. Um. We love our peanut butter. What can I say? (laughs) So that wraps up the show today on peanut butter. I hope you learned something new, have some new facts that you can share with family and friends. If you like what you heard, make sure you share the show with a friend. That's really going to help grow the show. It's going to help people find it. And as always, leave a five-star review. Uh, Super thankful for those of you that are leaving reviews. Again, that's one of the best things that you can do to help grow the show and help uh, people find us a lot easier. As always, you can follow me at Toasty Kettle on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. 
And you can always find out more about the show as well as vintage recipes at ToastyKettle.com. ToastyKettle.com. So make sure you check that out. And that's all I have for you today. Until next week.